This is the Uncertain Times Podcast from Forbes Books Radio. Hola, it's Joe Partavilla. Welcome back. And you know, it's been a transformative 15 months for the fitness industry. The pandemic forced brick-and-mortar gyms to close, and the movement to virtual and at-home workouts saw exponential growth. So joining me today is the founder, president, and chief executive officer of Flexit, the fitness app that enables users to seamlessly access fitness facilities and live one-on-one virtual personal training with certified trainers. His name is Austin Cohen, and he's worked in VC and in startups. He was part of the team behind the private aviation company Wheels Up, and now he's connecting fitness enthusiasts with thousands of health clubs across the U.S. Hello, Austin. Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for today's conversation. Yeah, me too. So before we talk about Flexit, I want to take a few steps back because you're one of these <laughs> Ivy League guys that that became very successful and started companies. So talk to me about that experience, because I always like to make fun of you Ivy League guys, but what was it like getting your education at such a high level, a place like Columbia and then Columbia Business School? Well, I can definitely say I don't refer to myself as one of those Ivy League guys. <laughs> I, apologize if, I apologize if you took that the wrong way. <laughs> I just have the highest praise for the university. Uh, I did both my undergrad and my business school there. I'm very involved still as a graduate of both. And there's so much collaboration and opportunity between myself and Flexit, where I'm currently founder and CEO right now, and both schools at the university. And so, you know, Columbia is so much who I am and so much a part of my story. I was at Columbia and graduated in 2011. It's really incredible going to an institution that's based in New York City, because so much of your learning and education is tied to New York. Mm. And the same is true of the business school. There is a phrase used at the business school, which is that Columbia Business School is at the center of business. And in so many ways, that's true in New York City. And getting an education in New York City really helps ingrain students in the business landscape and facilitate so many opportunities So as both an undergraduate and a graduate student, uh, it was an amazing experience and fantastic place to learn and to grow. And Columbia has continues to do a really great job of staying engaged with its alums. That's awesome. And what was it like? Because obviously, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's a very competitive world. What's what was it like in sort of the entrepreneurial studies there? Was it hyper competitive or was there sort of like a rah rah team aspect to it? One of the really great things about business school is the embracement of collaboration and team. I've been an athlete my whole life and obviously I'm super into fitness. So being a part of teams, whether it's sport or in business, is, is something that's always been a part of the way that I think and the way that I work and the way that I like to work. And in business school, the collaboration and teaming up is just really amazing. It was and is such a collegial and risk-free environment where really, really intelligent, and motivated, like-minded people can get together and they get really close. You spend two years straight arm in arm with people, going through classes together, traveling together, discussing business opportunities. It really is a a team-oriented culture. From day one, you get placed on a team, Uh, so you get placed on a small team, in, in my experience, in Columbia, there's something called a learning team where you're paired up uh, with a bunch of individuals. And then 
your first set of classes, you and that team go through with a couple other teams, and those teams collectively are described as a cluster. And that really carries forward throughout the rest of your time in business school. And so much like other business schools, the centrality of team is definitely made clear from the get-go. And the collaboration and, and working with others who graduated from the university in my class and classes before me, classes after me, there's been so much of that since I graduated from business school. It's been really great working with other Columbia Business School founded fitness businesses like Physique 57. And so there's just been so many opportunities that have been facilitated because that collaborative culture is really from day one ingrained in the students and being like-minded carries through beyond. And so the networking that comes from business school is really a thing. And I urge anyone who's interested in going back to business school um, to really consider it. And if you know why you want to go back and, and what you're going to use that education for as a next step in your career, then I urge individuals to take that step. Uh, because for me, business school was a really great decision and uh, is, a, is a big part of my journey and story today. And as you finished up your journey there, essentially when you finish business school in, at such a high level institution, there's sort of you come to a fork in the road. You can either choose the corporate path or the entrepreneurial path. Did you have to make a decision then, or did you know what you were doing while you were you pursuing, uh, you know, your master's there? I mean, did you did you feel like you knew what track you were going to follow? I definitely had an idea. I think it's really important for anyone who's going to business school to have an idea of what you're looking to do when you graduate. There has to be intent. With that said, I think many business school students, because it's such a risk-free environment, have an opportunity to keep their eyes open and learn about so many different things. So I got a chance to learn about industries that I did not work in previously and that I didn't plan to work in, knowing that my goals were to continue to play in the venture and startup world. And so for me, it was really great being able to see the other tracks, the tracks that I wasn't necessarily looking to pursue, mm. right? Say a super corporate path while knowing that I was going to go about founding my own business and uh, what was that business going to be? Well, my eyes were open and I took the time to try to figure out what the right opportunities were in the market for me, so on and so forth. Um, so I think intent is important, but intent while still keeping eyes open is essential because much like in entrepreneurship, you have to have your head on a swivel and the things that you can pick up on if you're open to receiving news information is, uh, is going to create for a much better outcome and better experience. And I think one of the really important things beyond business school is that as a student, you don't necessarily know how you'll be able to interact with the university beyond graduation. The opportunities that the business school experience and the network can afford and facilitate are not necessarily immediately readily available at your fingertips and in one location while you're a student, but they're so abundant in many, many ways that are creative and, and again, in ways that you wouldn't expect as a student. And so the values in many ways tied to your time in business school, but in so many other ways it really extends beyond that and month over month and year over year after you exit business school, because you're now a part of, you've become a part of that network, 
you start to see the experiences materialize in new and newer ways that are going to be accretive to whatever you're doing and whatever path you choose to go down. Hmm. And, you know, you're one of these guys, you know, years ago that you were either a VC or you're an entrepreneur. And now you're seeing a lot of fellows and women like yourself that are doing both. What attracted you to the VC and the entrepreneurial world in terms of balancing that all together? I, I enjoy both sides. And I think that my experiences as an entrepreneur have been in many ways inspired by my time in venture. In venture, you get an opportunity to spread yourself across so much in so many different companies, potentially across different industries. In entrepreneurship, you go long and deep on your company and where your company is playing a part in the market. And an ability to do that can definitely be informed by having spent a lot of time looking at the market and various verticals and assessing opportunities within those. So for me, I have a much better understanding of consumer verticals, consumer luxury vertical, the health and wellness industry from the time that I spent in venture. And so much of that informed the ways that we've gone about building our business here at Flexit. Mm. But fundamentally for me, uh, transition came down to just really loving innovation and really, really wanting to create amazing experiences that change and, and have positive impacts on people's lives. Hmm. And that led you to founding Flexit in 2018. So take me back, you know, now three years. I know it's, it's crazy. It's, it's hard to believe 2018 is like three years ago. But take me back to the time of what, what was the motivation behind getting into the fitness tech space at the time. What were you seeing there? Because it's the old uh, entrepreneur adage, find a problem, fix the problem. So what was the problem that you were hoping to solve with Flexit? I'll get to that in a sec, but I had a set of experiences that really informed the way that I thought about introducing Flexit to the world. Uh, I'm a part of the founding team at Wheels Up, a big private jet business that's about to IPO. And so much of what we did there was opening up access to a group and demographic that may not have previously had access to the private aviation industry in a tech forward way. And the concept of opening up that access, creating more flexibility and empowering consumers is tried and true to everything that we've done here at Flex since inception. So we think about the last five, seven, 10 years in all verticals, food, transportation, hospitality, Consumers have been able to experience those verticals very flexibly in a manner that is effectively controlled by their fingers using their phone. And I wanted to bring that to fitness, specifically in the traditional gym industry. So think facilities that have large cardio and strength training setups. Mm -hmm. And that didn't previously exist. And so when we formed Flex in 2018, we launched in early 2019 at the Consumer Electronics Show, our mission was to enable customers to try gyms all over the United States in the most flexible way. Meaning customers could walk into any gym that they were not a member at that was on our platform and simply pay for their time in that facility by the minute. So if an individual went to a gym, they didn't have to take a tour, they didn't have to sign any paperwork, they just walked in, and if they stay for 10 minutes, pay for 10 minutes worth of time. If they stay for two hours, they pay for two hours worth of time. 
And so it was prior experiences and having felt the pain point throughout my 20s of wanting to go to different gyms and try them. My business partner and our chief operating officer, Justin Turetsky, and I used to try to work out at one another's gyms, and it was tough, and we felt that pain point. And so my experience with Wheels Up, my experience in venture and looking at what consumers were doing in other verticals, and my experience with the pain point of not being able to flexibly try different gyms throughout the country, all informed the business that we put together and kicked off in 2018. And obviously, since then, so much has evolved and uh, so much over the last year, especially throughout the pandemic has evolved. To answer your question, that's how we got to the point where we brought Flexit to the world in 2018 and 2019. And so for folks not familiar with Flexit, talk to me about what it is in essence. Is it a virtual gym training app? Is it a website? How would you explain it to a person for the first time? So we are a one-stop shop that enables customers to access fitness flexibly. That includes accessing gyms on a pay-per-use basis and accessing personal trainers virtually from any of the best fitness brands across the country that are on the platform across any device. So we have apps for iOS and Android, for mobile and tablet, and consumers can also work out on the web across any device. Many of our customers are using their computers and casting our virtual personal training technology to their TVs. Many are working out with the virtual personal trainers from home, but many are also doing so from gyms or outside. With virtual personal training, two individuals, the trainer and the consumer, don't have to physically be in the same space. And the consumer doesn't need any equipment, and he or she can work out with any type of trainer, strength training, HIIT, meditation, yoga, dietitians, physical therapists, you name it, all by just using a phone or a laptop at any time. And we built the technology so that it's optimized for the fact that the trainer and the consumer are not together. And we brought the price point down so that personal training, which is traditionally and typically potentially inaccessible and pricey, is something that everyone can now access. And you know, and one of the things that you touched upon earlier was the pandemic. And little did you know, when you were launching a company in 2018-19, that come around winter 2020, every gym on the planet would be closed, and people wouldn't be able to go work out with other people. So, talk to me about that time in your life of Flexit, and how either things you had to mobilize different initiatives, or uh, you know, had to crank up the amount of people that were involved in the project. Talk to me about that. For many business owners, the key challenge throughout the COVID pandemic was that it was difficult to set long-term strategies without a clear end in sight. When the pandemic hit, the unimaginable for us happened. Every gym in the country was closed for an indefinite period of time and we didn't know when the gyms would reopen. There were two things that we did really early on at the point of which every gym across the country had closed. The first was that we did no furloughs or layoffs and we kept the entirety of our team intact. And the second was that we were not the first to respond. So I like to say as a big sports fan that we were calm in the pocket. Hmm. In staying calm in the pocket 
for those football fans out there, we were able to monitor what was going on in the marketplace to try to find and carve our niche and where our opportunity was and enter virtual personal training there. So we learned quickly that there are three, were three primary categories across which virtual fitness was accelerating at the onset of the pandemic. So virtual fitness was not new, but it was definitely accelerating. And those are live stream, pre-recorded, and hardware at home. And the common theme to us across all of those is that the communication was and is one way. The trainer and the customer are not interacting with one another. Only the trainer can communicate with the customer. And so for us, during a time of high social constraint, where most people were stuck at home, not interacting with many individuals, we felt that there was a need for more personalization to that interaction. And so we set out to enter owning the live two-way communication function in virtual fitness. And by having the trainer and the customer work out together live one-on-one, -on -one, that puts real-time form correction, feedback, accountability, motivation, and the opportunity to socialize at the forefront. And there are analogs for live two-way communication in other verticals, but that didn't exist for fitness. And so when we launched this business, it launched as an ancillary business to our legacy business, but it quickly took off and has been growing like crazy since, and it's now company priority. And so it's amazing to look back at the last year, which was so difficult for so many of us and so unfortunate. We do feel fortunate that we had the opportunity to improve so many people's lives by launching virtual personal training so that we could help them to stay fit and healthy and help them to de-stress during a time that took so much psychological toll and strain on our country and the rest of the world. And so tell me in terms of how things are, since gyms now are open uh, across the country, did you guys veer back on the original course pre-March 2020, or are you sort of going with the flow that you've sort of steadily been on after the pandemic broke? So we see no change in the interest in and desire for virtual programming. Of course, we see the resurgence of brick and mortar. And so what we're most excited about is the integration of our virtual business line with our legacy out-of-home business line. And one of the cool things about virtual is that virtual does not have to mean at home. Virtual can mean outside, it can mean inside of a facility. Virtual is and can be paired with physical fitness, so fitness outside the home. And so integrating the two product lines is something that we're very focused on right now and very excited about as we think about the future of fitness. And yeah, let's talk about that future of fitness because no one more than Peloton got a lot of attention because all of a sudden people are like, I'm stuck home and I need to work out. I'm going to buy myself a Peloton. You, you saw the way their stock drove up and you see a lot of these other fitness companies like Mirror really breaking through over the past year. How do you see that changing in terms of the future of fitness where do you see a lot of people or maybe there's a percentage that you feel that will probably not return to a brick and mortar gym and just do a majority of their workouts at home? We'll definitely see some people who've loved the efficiency of working out at home or the comfort or the non-intimidating factor that comes with working out at home that causes them to either only work out at home or to work out at home and maybe do a little less working out outside of the home than they used to. 
So really the way that I and we at Flexit and so much of the industry thinks about the future is that virtual's not going anywhere, but brick and mortar is also not going away. And the future of fitness is something that is going to integrate virtual and the brick and mortar. And so what we see with a lot of fitness club operators and studio operators is that they've held on to the virtual programming that they embraced over the last 15 months, and now they're integrating it with regards to the reviving of their legacy, their physical centers moving forward in the future. And it's really that integration that we're gonna see because things are, are about balance. And throughout the last year, we heard so much of brick and mortar fitness is dying and virtual fitness is past the peak of its hype cycle. But in reality, it can all coexist and fitness is not one size fits all, meaning that you don't necessarily want to work out the same way every day. You want to mix and match. And the workout that works for me is not necessarily the workout that works for you, Joe. Mm. And so it's important for people to integrate a bunch of different offerings into their physical fitness routines. And I've, I've heard you say that your business is a lifestyle, not a job. What did you mean by that? I think this is really important for aspiring entrepreneurs. And I believe that many other entrepreneurs and founders would echo my sentiments that first of all, when, when you start something, you have to be all in. When you start it, you have to make it happen. It's not going to come to you. And so to do that, this has to be something that you really love and that you want to go to bat for and give your everything to every day. In that regard, it's not a job. It's not something that you just leave and you hang up at the end of the day, but it's something that you're always in on and always on for. And for me, Flexit is integrated with and in everything that's in my life. And I'm always thinking and talking about it and doing things for it. There isn't real separation. But I think that that's one of the things that makes entrepreneurship so amazing and special. What I go to do every day as Flexit never really feels like work. Sure, it can be hard and really hard at times, but because we're creating change and building, and it's something that I believe so deeply in and care so much about, it's really a lifestyle. It's part of my life, it's my life, and that's not a job. That's very different from something that you're a part of, that you detach from, and embracing that entrepreneurship and startups are really a lifestyle is something that I think is essential for founders and for senior leaders of emerging and high growth companies. And so for me, it's, it's that lifestyle that, that, that I, I really run off of and, and love. And it is something that is infectious and that really everyone at all levels of our organization has embraced because it's really important as an emerging company for everyone to be really bought in on the mission and on the lifestyle that we're looking to continue to build and to grow and deliver to our customers. And as a founder, and I see this with a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the biggest problems they have, especially early on, because you've mentioned, you know, throwing these psychological terms, it's almost like a borderline obsession. You're obsessed with this company succeeding. And so you take on more duties than you probably should. I, I've read a story where you said that you used to, at the beginning, you used to, you used to run down to the FedEx at three o'clock in the morning for packages and stuff like that. So at what point, maybe this happened with Flexit or maybe a previous company, that you, you learned the importance of delegation? Really, really important concept. And the concept evolves as the company evolves. So 
in the beginning, as a founder here, it was just me and I had to do everything. And that was awesome. And it didn't matter what it was. It just had to get done if it had to get done. And so some of that changes, you create a playbook, you train people, and that's so much of business. But at the end of the day, even where we are here now, three years later, if something has to get done, it doesn't matter the level at which it's, it's out of the organization. If I got to do it, I'm going to do it. That's an important concept for founders to, to embrace and learn, which is, which is you have to figure out how to let go and when to let go and to empower others. But you have to be humble enough to still be willing to and ready to do whatever needs to get done because things just come up and happen. And that's part of the fun of it because you're building and you're creating things that haven't been done before and experiences that haven't been brought to the world before. And so in the early days, I was at FedEx till three, four in the morning, <laughs> getting things shipped out all over the country because it just had to get done. If I had to do it now, I would. But I've learned how and when, you know, throughout Flexit and my prior experiences in other businesses that have scaled to empower others and to create playbooks. And that's how you grow organizations and individuals and build teams. And those are really important concepts for founders to really think about and be mindful of throughout their trajectory as they grow. And, you know, uh, w one last thing about this, you know, as a founder, as a CEO of a company, you probably realize this, I hope you do, that no one is ever going to care or love about the company as much as you do. It's just impossible. It's like it's, it's you know, a father-son, mother-daughter, whatever combination you, you think of. There's this bond that just cannot be explained away or transferred to someone else. So how did you come to grips with that? Because I know you want to surround yourselves with great people, and they probably buy into it, and, and they're really passionate about it. But at the end of the day, they are not going to love Flexit like you do. How were you able to wrap around that early on in the process? Well, one thing that's been amazing is my business partner and our chief operating officer, who actually I met the very first day of college playing hoops. He, he, he joined me on, and, and we teamed up. And he has a real love and affinity for this in a, in a really special way. And being able to drive this with him has been unbelievable. But... We do everything we can to help the individuals on our team feel that this is theirs and that they're creating and writing on a blank slate here. And um, so when we bring people onto our team, we really see them as partners and we really look for people who are committed to our mission, who are committed to the way that we're trying to improve people's lives and change the fitness industry. It's something that has to be accepted that you know, most people likely are not going to have that same passion and uh, affinity and affection for the company, the brand, the business. But that's also inspiring because being able to lead and inspire people to fall in love with business is, is something that can happen and, um, and does happen. And I really enjoy that. And we built an incredible team up of individuals who really believe in um, and are committed to our mission. And so it's, it's definitely a concept that, that entrepreneurs and founders have to grapple with. But I think it's one that should be embraced because it should be inspiring. Lastly, when it comes to a team surrounding yourself and you're saying, you know, you preaching the importance of what Flexit does to them, how difficult is it to deal with changes of a team? Because I think as probably one of the tougher parts of being a boss is that sometimes you find that you know, there's a per person on the team, maybe you might love them as a person, respect them oh, as a person, 
but they just aren't producing to what they're supposed to do. How difficult has that been for you in your journey as an entrepreneur? Much like a, a, a company, a team is, is constantly evolving as well. Um, I think the great thing about teams at, at early stage, merging, medium-sized, you know, growing, high-growth businesses is that there's an opportunity for people to play so many different roles, for people to say, hey, there's white space there. I think this is a, a better fit for me or something maybe that I should take on. And that's something that's exciting and helps people develop. Um, so I think one of the great things about building and growing teams at scaling companies is that individuals can take on different roles and quickly and often. And there have been really awesome experiences where individuals' roles and responsibilities have changed and it set them up for more success, for example. I think that that's really rewarding and not just for the company, but for, you know, as a manager and a leader, but really also for the individual who's taking that on. A lot of times in life, you learn what you like and don't like through experiences that you have. And the same's here true in business where having an experience that maybe isn't the best fit can inform where there is a better fit. Uh, but again, the process is, is predicated in evolution in that as you grow, there are growing pains and things change will help to make going through those processes much more seamless. And let me get all Oprah and Barbara Walters on you. Talk to me about your future. Is Flexit your baby for the long term? Is acquisition part of your future? Like, wh what are you thinking? Or don't give me that whole I'm taking it one day at a time thing, Austin. Give me give me something here. Uh, we got a lot of room to run right now. And yeah. our, our focus is growth and scaling our business and spreading virtual personal training to as many people as we can is increasing, you know, the number of, oh, yeah, I've heard of Flexit uh, when we asked people or when others ask people, hey, have you used Flexit? Have you worked out with Flexit before? So that's our focus right now. Our heads are down building out the business and, and, and trying to scale every day. Awesome. His name is Austin Cohen. He's the founder, president, and CEO of Flexit. Austin, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much to everyone in the audience. If you want to try our platform on us just for you, Joe, and the podcast today, please email concierge, C-O-N, C-I-E, R-G-E at flexit, F-L-E-X-I-T dot fit, F-I-T and say Forbes in the subject line. Appreciate the time. Hope that some of my stories today were valuable for entrepreneurs, inspiring entrepreneurs out there. Happy to chat with anyone who wants to reach out. Joe and the team, thanks so much. Look forward to talking more again soon. Thanks again, Austin. And that's it for this edition of Uncertain Times. If you enjoy the show, make sure you take a second to subscribe so you automatically get my new shows when they drop. Also, if you have a minute, I'd love if you left us a review so more amazing folks like yourself can discover the show. And please don't forget the golden rule and treat others as you want to be treated. Thanks for listening. Until next time, adios. This has been a production of Forbes Books Radio. Find out more at ForbesBooksRadio.com.